0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of No Doubt where we will look at current events, people, and everyday issues in language from a Shin Buddhist perspective and then talk about in-depth points that delve more deeply into the doctrine of this tradition. My name is Takashi Miyagi and I'll be your host. Let's get started. So, in the first segment, um, I'd like to talk about kind of everyday language or everyday issues that come up. Um, one of the things that um, uh, I'd like to kind of talk about are, you know, common phrases that come up in our everyday vernacular. And one of those, uh, the one that I'd like to take up today, is uh, the phrase rest in peace. So, uh, from a Jodo Shinshu perspective, what do uh, we think about this term or this phrase? Uh, rest in peace. Well um, to put it uh, simply, um, I think um, we uh, uh, might not subscribe to this phrase and uh, the reason is as follows. Well when the um, person dies, uh, the person goes uh, to the Pure Land but then uh, that person then comes back to this world to help save other beings and that uh, falls in line with the Mahayana principle of, uh, uh, of making the vow to save all other beings. Um, but also, Shinna um specifically quotes uh, in the chapter on uh, realization where he states quote, second is Amida's directing of virtue for our return to this world. This is the benefit we receive the state of benefiting and guiding others." End quote. And this is on page 158 of the Collected Works of Shinan. But here, um, there uh, in Jodoshishi Buddhism, there are the two aspects. Uh, the first aspect is of going to the Pure Land or uh, attaining the state of enlightenment. And then the second aspect is what we call the aspect of returning. And this is the aspect where uh, we complete the Bodhisattva path in which we uh, come back to this world of suffering to help save other beings. Um, this doesn't really get explained too much uh, in a lot of our weekly Sunday services um, and I think it's an issue that's uh, kind of frankly it's it's avoided because it gets misunderstood a lot um, but it is a very important aspect to Shin'an Shonin's thought because um, this asp- the two aspects of going forth and then returning back um, is kind of the framework of Shinran Shonin's uh, thinking. And, and and if you flip open to uh, the beginning of the Kyogyo Shinsho, you know this is what he says. You know there's the aspect of going forward and the aspect aspect of returning. And so um, this this the framework of, of Pure Land Buddhism is uh, is set by this these two aspects and it's a very important uh, concept in Jodo Shinshu Buddhism. So then um, it's kind of weird to talk about this aspect of returning, so then how does that happen? You might be thinking, well that person becomes one in the compassionate working of Amida Buddha, which then means that uh, one becomes the name essentially, one becomes Namo Butsu and returns to this world of suffering or what we call in Buddhism the Saha world and um, comes back to this world as the principle of universal oneness. Again this is Namo Amida Butsu. So then the question then is you know how does this work in concrete terms? Well one way is to say that when someone close to you passes away and that person helps you to come to seek the Buddhist path we call that person a Bodhisattva or someone who works to bring us to encounter the Buddha Dharma. And when we recall the fond memories we have of that loved one who passed away, that warm feeling that we get, that is the world of Amida Buddha's infinite compassion that's speaking to tell us, telling us uh, that there is a world that embraces us just as we are. So this is the way in which uh, when we pass away we come back to the world of, of the Saha world. It's not the case that we come back like in some weird way like as ghosts or like apparitions or anything eerie like that It's not it's also not like we come back literally in our physical being or our physical self as we are now Instead we come back as the principle of true reality i.e. the buddha dharma or i.e infinite wisdom and compassion which i.e. in other in other words is Namo Amida and because we do come back. We are said to come back as the working of great compassion, the working of the Buddha. And personally, I think uh, what that also means then is that, yes, we do come back as Namo Amidabutsu, but it's uh, that Namo Amidabutsu gets expressed in so many different ways. You can see it in so many different things. You know, For example, in nature, like the the crashing of the waves or the wind, You know, the wind blowing the setting sun, right? The stars in the night, the the full moon in in, a, in in a number of different ways because you we quite frankly all of these things work as possible connections for the, for the your loved ones to prompt them to awaken to the truth of the buddha dharma, right? And so it's not just these things in nature, right? For example, the the scent left behind on a ojichan or a chans clothes or wardrobe, even after they are long gone. That scent is working on you, right? And that scent is making that connection for you to to understand the impermanence of life and the reality of the Buddha Dharma, right? It's asking you it's it's prompting you to reflect upon your life, to question what is it that this life is all about you know what is the meaning of this life right And that very scent prompted you to um, it, it guided you uh, to question, to come to that line of questioning. In other words, Ojichan and Navachan are working on you right to uh, awaken to the Buddha Dharma. And that's why I mentioned those things about you know nature, the crashing waves, the wind. Let's say you're, you're out there and you're reflecting on life. Or maybe you're just walking, going on a stroll, whatever. And you see the setting sun and the beauty of the setting sun. But that beauty of the setting sun, for example, uh, reminds you of the times that you went on your walks uh, with your dog. right? And, but your dog passed away now and you feel this sense of loneliness and that sense of loneliness then prompts you right to think about what life is right that means that that dog was not just some dog right that dog it has a special role in your life right and it is working on your life to get you to reflect on the meaning of this life right and so anything really anything in this life can can be what triggers you to question the meaning Of life, right? The crashing waves waves, as I just mentioned, the wind, the setting sun or the the stars in the night, right? The memory of your child when he or she was a little boy or a little girl but is no longer here now, right? Or the smell of your mom's meatloaf, right? All of these things could could be triggers that connect you to the greater reality of life that um, is trying to awaken you to uh, realize this greater reality and um, This is how those who go before us come back to this world as truth right? They come back to guide us to the pure land and this is how kind of we understand we can understand this aspect of returning So going back to the example of recalling our fond memories of our loved one When we feel that that warmth welling up within our hearts, that warmth is the world of great compassion working on us right now, telling us that we will be okay and that true reality embraces us just as we are. This is the message that our loved one who has passed away is giving to us right now. So then, the person who has passed away becomes essentially the messenger. And the message is Namo which is the encapsulation of true reality or great compassion and this is how we can understand uh, the aspect of returning and so uh, when you return then that person it, we, we, we say that that person is working on us right so it is a well quite simplistically um, it, it's it's a verb right it's a working right so when we say rest in peace that that's a that's um, uh, literally that's not right. That's not working right. That's that's the person is remaining in place right. Is remaining as is right. And so um, there therein there is a little bit of a discrepancy in terms of how we understand those who have gone before us. Uh, the other day uh, I forget where I saw it, but it was I think it was in like a newspaper. Or maybe it was a Facebook feed. Um, someone wrote rest in power, rest in power and I thought that was such a uh, powerful phrase and statement that I I think we could get behind as Jodo Shinshi Buddhists because we rest in power, literally the vow power of Amida Buddha. We become one in working with Amida Buddha's vow power and in that sense we can uh, come back to this world as a working, right? And and, it, and and in that sense, we can agree with that term or that phrase, rest in power. And so that is uh, one understanding of how we can interpret this uh, aspect of returning, which is very important in Shin Ashoni's thinking. So in short, uh, when I die, I'll be coming back to this world of Saha and working alongside all the other people who have gone before me and so instead of rest in peace i'll have my fist in the air and i'll be resting in power Welcome back to the second segment of uh, No Doubt and uh, today's episode is actually a continuation of the last episode where we were talking about doubt being the equivalent of the words of Hakarai which means uh, human calculation or human rationality and reasoning or human discriminative thinking and uh, in the first half we talked about Uh, different ways of how that uh, becomes defined but here in the second half we're going to talk about how uh, doubt is actually not something that is um, uh, forsaken or something that we are told not to do but actually doubt is encouraged as a way to get us to pursue the Buddha Dharma. So I'd like to uh, give you an example of um, how Doubt is kind of encouraged in a certain way uh, to pursue the Buddha Dharma. In uh, the in one of Ashini sama's letters, and Ishinie sama is um, the wife of Shinran Shoning, and in one of her letters that was discovered, there is an English translation here by um, a person by the name of James Dobbins, and uh, this is how the translation is written. And a quote. Quote, Just as he had secluded himself at the Rokkakudo for a hundred days, likewise he went to see Honen for another hundred days, rain or shine or come what may. Um, this is a, a very famous uh, a phrase um, uh, which means uh, well, in Japanese it goes furu ni mo teru ni mo um, and so that Shinran Shonin was uh, determined to pursue the Buddha Dharma and understand just why is it that a person like himself can be uh, saved by Amida Buddha's uh, great compassion so he goes to Honen for a hundred days every day uh, whether it rain or shine or sleet or snow or whatever he goes to Honen Shonin and learns about Amida Buddha's great compassion from uh from him and what this is trying to uh talk about is that Shinran Shonin had his doubts Shinran Shonin did not understand how it is that a path to spiritual liberation can be provided can be provided for all sentient beings even a person like himself a person who is a bumbu no matter how much he practiced no matter how much he tried to understand the various Buddhist scriptures and the commentaries. He was unable to attain enlightenment through his own powers. How is it that for a person like himself there is a path to spiritual liberation? And this is what he questioned and questioned and questioned Honen and 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 through all the different angles that he had and all the different questions that he had, he questioned and doubted uh, the power of Amida Buddha's vow and the, and the great compassion of Amida Buddha. And when all of these questions were answered and when he uh, was through that process of negation, of, of coming to uh, uh, negating the process of doubt that is when he understood and awakened to Amida Buddha's great compassion and this is what we call uh, the moment of Shinjin. So this is one example in which doubting is good, uh, right? If it helps you to pursue the Buddha Dharma in a much more serious fashion, uh, doubting is encouraged in that way. But eventually, uh, doubting is negated. Okay, It is not asking you to blindly believe in something. It's not asking you to make a leap of faith in any way, shape, or form. In fact, if you think that's what it is, then you're not following the Buddha Dharma. In other words, you're not quote-unquote, what's called in accordance to true reality. To blindly believe and uh, a leap of faith means you are still not sure but you tell yourself that you have to believe. Whereas in Xinjing, there is no belief on the part of the person per se. There is only the letting go of one's own Hakarai one's own calculation and what are we letting go of we are letting go of the need to try and Understand it is letting go of the need to think that we can understand It is letting go of the idea that truth is something that is ours to control But it isn't right There's that famous line in, uh I forget a few good men. Is that the movie? Uh, where um, The the character, oh my gosh, that famous actor's name is escaping my mind too as well, but he says, you can't handle the truth, right? And that's exactly what it is. You can't handle the truth. It is only when truth shakes you to the core and you encounter this truth, that is when you are made to let go. You do not grasp truth. Truth grasps you. And this has been, you know, something that I've, I've, I've really been harping on uh, for, for uh, the past few years is this idea that you don't grasp the truth. The truth grasps you. Uh, then Shoni is sent to have a very famous quote. I'll pull this up here. So Renyo Shonin in the dai Kikigaki, he says, the Shonin, and this is referring to Renyo here, the Shonin said, if you think you have understood the Dharma well, you have not understood it at all. If you th- have not yet understood the Dharma, you have understood it well. And um, typically, I really hate these, like, um, I don't know, these conundrum type uh you know quizzes that uh, That's that's like making you question reality like you know those koan type of things I, I really despise those because why can't you just tell me like it is you know? I, I don't like it when you're making me go through these like Hurdles of trying to understand something very difficult, but this I think hits it right on its head, right? <clears throat> then Yoshoning is saying if you think you've understood the Dharma that's when you haven't understood it at all And why is that the case? It's because you are using your calculative thinking. You are using your logic and your reasoning, which are based on the premise of your blind passions, as I've stated before, to try and understand the Buddha Dharma. And that's why you don't understand, right, is what he's saying. The latter half of this is is he's saying, if you think you haven't understood the Dharma, that's when, in fact, you have understood it. So when you've come to the realization that oh my gosh I can't understand this because everything is based on my blind passions everything's based on me trying to cater to my ego and that is what's barring me from understanding the Buddha Dharma and therefore I cannot understand that's the point in which you have truly understood the Buddha Dharma when you understand that you cannot understand that is understanding um so um, even if you say to yourself, like, um, you know, you're, you're being a little bit facetious or you're trying to say, oh, no, no, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get the Buddha Dharma. I don't get the Buddha Dharma. You know, and you try to make yourself seem humble, but you're really trying to, you, you really think inside, deep down, you're like, oh, no, I get this. I understand this. That also is a calculation on your part. That is also you presuming to know that you understood, uh, that presuming to know that you have understood when you in fact have not understood. So again, this is touching back to this idea that you cannot grasp truth. Truth is not something for you to own, it is not for something for you to possess or to control. Right, this uh, and that is the greatest fallacy of the human mind. Right, the human mind thinks it can control, it thinks it can own and possess. Right, when it cannot really, truly, in fact, do that. It is only when you've understood that you cannot truly own or possess truth, and and in that uh, moment of pure frustration. And even hopelessness, that that is when your calculative self, that is when your self-power, that is when your belief in this egocentric self collapses. And when that collapses, that is the point in which you have the full immersion in uh, true reality. And that true reality we personify as infinite wisdom and compassion. So then another question that might arise is, how do we come to encounter Amida Buddha's compassion then, right? If it's not something that you can, you can exert or control or spawn, how is it then that we come to encounter true reality or Amida Buddha's compassion? The answer to that is to reflect on the egotistical self, the egocentric self, the Bombu we call it, or the ordinary person, the foolish being. through through using the Buddha Dharma. When we come to understand just how deep our blind passions go, just how deeply rooted those passions are, when we come to understand the abyss of the world of our attachments and that there is no way out, when we find ourselves suffocating in this world of suffering, but we are the very source of that problem, that is when Amida Buddha's saving hand comes to grab you out of the bottomless abyss. When we are drowning and just about to think that we can't take another moment and that we're about to go, when we reach out in desperation for someone to help, something to help, and when we hear the calling voice of the Buddha, the Nembutsu, that is the moment in which we are brought out of the state of suffocation. But until then, until we go through that rabbit's hole, Until we see just how deep and black our blind passions go, we'll never come to understand nor sense the need in being saved by Amida Buddha. Until then, all of this Shin Buddhism stuff will only be about some teaching of Buddhism that's in some book, right? Um, The Idiot's Guide to Buddhism or something. This is why we have so many people who are um, uh, kind of like, uh, what is it? Nightstand Buddhists or people who go to temple and they don't really believe in this religion They just go to temple because they think it's a it's a community that for Japanese Americans or it's a community where we have Chicken Teriyaki, you know once every once a year or something and do fundraisers, right? Um, They don't believe because they don't they think that Buddhism is supposed to be understood by human reasoning by logic and living what one believes is an ethical life that's not what buddhism is i mean it is to a certain extent but if you want the real meat of it right the real the real deal part of what makes this religion awesome right you have to challenge the parts of yourself you don't want to see shin buddhism is not about some kind of method to release your stress from a hard day's work it's not about getting into some kind of trance-like state for five minutes out of the day because you, you live a hectic life and your kids are driving you crazy when you get home and stuff, right? This religion isn't about, it's it's actually not even about helping people and going to soup kitchens or, or, or trying to better yourself by becoming more focused. It's not about mindfulness or loving kindness or hugging trees or these kinds of things, or talking about how every everything's gonna work itself out. It's none of that, right? It's It's all of that, but it's none of that. At first, it's none of that. Not until you look squarely at yourself, which is what the Buddha Dharma is telling us to do, then when we are snatched out of the abyss, but we got a glimpse of just how deep and profound that abyss of our blind passions is, do we then awaken to Amida Buddha's other power? When we understand just how much we needed Amida Buddha's compassion that brought us out of the water, then, and only then, do we then talk about mindfulness, loving kindness, hugging trees, and talking about how everything will work itself out, reciting the nembuts as a way to get through the day, right? But until we fall flat on our face, at least once, at least once, until we feel like we're going to drown in our blind passions, at least once, until we feel that there is no way out of this world of suffering, and then come to Amida Buddha's compassion, at least once, then all bets are off, right? Buddhism will only be about You know what you read in some some of these magazines and self-help sections of the bookstore buddhism only comes alive when you really throw yourself in the meat grinder and and that's that's the only way in which the the teachings that are in this book will ever pop out and grab hold of you and say and slap you in the face and say hey you gotta look at yourself and 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 you you cannot understand buddhism this, Buddhist, this religion will not come alive for you unless you process this through yourself and your own heart and mind first, right? There's a famous song, um, I used to DJ a long time ago, um, and there's this famous hip-hop song. I forget the title of the song, but it's by Ice Cube. And there's a line where he says, you can't help me unless you help yourself, right? And its that's what Buddhism is. You can't help others unless you help yourself first. You can't understand the true sense, spirit behind a soup kitchen about helping other people right, Um, and doing other altruistic deeds that, that help society unless you first have come to the understanding of the limitation of the ego self. When you're in that airplane and they give you the instructions and when those oxygen masks come down to put yours on masks, put your own mask on first before you uh, put on anybody else's, right? Even if you have children, they say, put yourself, put your own mask on before you put on your children's mask, right? And what that's saying is, you can't help anybody else unless you help yourself first. And that is the only time in which you can help others, when you help yourself first. It sounds very counterintuitive and it sounds very selfish at first, but it makes total sense, right? You cannot, We are all in the same situation. We're all in the same boat together. We are all beings of blind passions. How is it that you can presume to think you have what it takes to help others when you yourself haven't figured out your own problem, right? You cannot truly help others unless you help yourself first. And that is what the Buddha Dharma is trying to tell us, right? We have to get off of that pedestal thinking that somehow there are people who are less fortunate than we are, that there are people that are lower than us, right? We have to get off of that pedestal. We have to start seeing ourselves as the person that needs the saving, the person that needs the help. I know a lot of people don't like the word save because it has a lot of connotations to it. So um, I didn't grow up in in any other religion other than this, so I don't have any problems with saying that word. But if you do have a problem with saying that word or hearing that word, um, uh, hearing the word salvation, in place of that word salvation, think of it as spiritual liberation. The path to spiritual liberation is provided by Amida Buddha's infinite wisdom and compassion. So there you have it, folks. That'll do it for us today. In today's episode, in the first segment, we talked about the phrase, Rest in Peace. To which as a Jodo Shinshu Buddhist, I believe that the phrase rest in power is much more suitable for us. And in the second segment, we talked about the issue of doubt and how doubting is a good thing. uh, That we do not encourage a blind faith or just simply believing in something that um, doubting is a good thing if it gets us to uh, seek the Buddha Dharma and the truth of the Buddha Dharma. Another point that we talked about is that Truth is not something that you grasp. Uh, Truth is something that grasps you. And when you are able to let go of your self-power, that is the moment in which doubt is negated. Thank you for tuning in today to another episode of No Doubt. I'm your host, Takashi Miyagi. As the Master Shandao states, quote, May we together awaken the Bodhi mind and be born in the realm of serenity and joy, end quote. Take care, Dharma friends. Until next time, not more